Today is Tuesday, March 27, 2018, and I'm still not divorced and still not any closer. Nothing has happened since I answered the interrogatories. I haven't even heard back from my attorney. I did have a couple of conversations with Mike that I probably should not have had because they were awful. Mike and I were on the phone the other day and I call him to find out how our daughter is because she's still not speaking to me and he's the only window of visibility I have into our daughter and what's going on and I'm always searching for why she is not talking to me. I don't I don't understand it. I have not seen or talked to her since January 13 and um it wears on me every minute of every day. When I wake up in the night, I'm thinking about her and my mind is turning the problem over and over and over in my mind. And anyway, when I was on the phone with Mike, um, I said, I don't understand, you know, why she's doing this. And um, I said, Mike, I would never let her do something like this to you. And he said, well, I would never be in that position you know, and I guess it's easy to say uh, I would I didn't voluntarily put myself in this position. But anyway, during the course of the phone call, he referenced my answers to the interrogatories. And he said, do you actually believe everything that you wrote in there, you know, for the reasons that we're getting divorced? And I said, Yes, not only do I believe what I wrote in there, it is sworn testimony. It is an you know, like an affidavit. You everything I wrote in there, I had to I had to sign in front of a witness and it was notarized and it's sworn testimony. Yes, everything in there is true. I did not lie in my interrogatories and you can hold me to that. You can you can hold me to that. And if he doesn't see it the same way, that's fine. He has his own reality, but I have mine. And um, he said, he said, um, well, you know, he, I'm losing my train of thought as I talk about it. He said, this is going to drag on. And he said, you know, what do you want? What do you want? And I said, you know, make me an offer, make me an offer. Let's get this done. And, and he said, well, what do you want? And I said, you know, I don't, I said, I'm not going to take 50, 50 because your earning potential far exceeds mine. You've been able to build this fantastic career while, while I stayed home with our children for 12 years. And, um, you know, that's, that has to be taken into account. And, um, I said, talk to your lawyer, make me an offer. Well, he seemed like he was slightly interested in that. And so, um, I don't know, maybe he's working on that, but I told him that we can't walk into mediation this far apart because mediation is very expensive and we can't spend our time fighting in mediation. We need to get closer. We need to, we need to find where we have common ground and then, you know, really laser focus on the things that we don't agree on so that those things can be decided on in mediation. And this weekend is Easter. Um, this will be the first Easter in 19 years that I will not be seeing my daughter 
she is going to stay in College Station and spend the holiday um, with her church and the people in her church. And um, Sunday, April 1st, which is Easter, is also our son's 16th birthday. It's really weird. His birthday and Easter have never fallen on the same day before. But anyway, um, I guess she's not going to be around her brother for his 16th birthday because... I'll be around him. But it makes me look back at all the great Easter's that we had my my kids whole life. Every single year I took them to Easter egg hunts. We would hunt we would uh hide eggs all around the yard. We would hide eggs in the house. Uh Tori always had an Easter dress. I always got their picture taken. Um they you know, they've always had huge Easter baskets with bunnies and candy and all kinds of fun stuff. We made every holiday wonderful for them. Tori and and my son always had great Easter's and I'm really sad that that's, you know, not going to happen this year. Um, I guess she would rather be with the people in her church, which to me sounds more and more like a cult every time I hear about it. Um, We had wonderful holidays together all the time. And um, I have wonderful pictures to prove it and happy, laughing children's faces to prove that they loved it. When they were really little, I took them to sit on the Easter Bunny's lap at the mall. (laughs) My kids had a good childhood. And um, I have to keep thinking back to that because with her not talking to me, I I don't understand what happened I don't understand I I really did do my best I did my best all the time I tried to make everything special I tried to make sure they always had what they needed and it's it's just very hard not to feel like a failure with her not wanting to talk to me and and my friends keep telling me that the problem is hers, it's not me, it's not me. Well, that's fine, but, you know, she's she's talking to her dad. And, um, you know, I guess, I don't know, I, I never talked bad about Mike to the kids. I never did. I tried not to. If I ever did, it was in, inadvertently. Um, I don't know, maybe I should have painted a clearer picture of reality and let the kids know how he was hurting me. Um, but I I always wanted the kids to think that their dad was like king, you know. I wanted them to think that he was awesome and that they had the best dad they could have. Um, I, I don't, you know, looking back, was that the right thing? I don't know. The other day on the phone when I was talking to Mike, I you know, and he doesn't want to talk to Tori about any of this. He doesn't want to help me um, try to patch things up with our daughter. And and he said, you know, we have a, she and I, Tori, he said, Tori and I, we have a great time together. We're fine. We talk all the time. And he doesn't want to opt to have a difficult conversation with her about why she's not speaking to her mother. And I said, you know, Mike, you're her parent. You're not her friend you're her parent, you know? And he said, no, I'm both. I'm both. And I said, okay, well, great, whatever. 
Um, tomorrow I am seeing my therapist and um, going to talk about it. And a, a friend of mine offered me the name of a different therapist who's actually a psychiatrist for me to go talk to about my daughter. I don't know if that's going to help or not, but I'm willing to try anything. I'm willing to try anything um, to try to figure out what's going on. I think I think my daughter is seeing a therapist um, in College Station. Mike said that he helped her find a counselor there near the school. Um, last night, I called Mike and I said, would you please ask Tori if I can talk to her tonight? And he said, well, you know what the answer is going to be. She doesn't want to talk to you. And I said, please ask her anyway. I'm, I'm not ready to give up. Please ask her if she will talk to me just for a few minutes tonight. So then about 20 minutes later, I got a text from him that said, she said no and said to stop using me and MD. MD is my son. Stop using me and MD as voices. In other words, stop, you know, using them to talk to her. I, I don't have any other choice. I don't know. I don't ever hear from her. For Valentine's Day, I mailed her a little box of chocolates and a card. I just mailed her an Easter card yesterday. Um, I put little things in the mail for her um, that I think are happy and cheerful um, in hopes that she might open them. I don't understand why this is happening. I don't. And uh, it's it's far more painful than my divorce. And my mom keeps, I keep talking to my mom about it. And she said, just forgive her, forgive her, find a way, just forgive her. And um, she told me just to try to find forgiveness. And um, I, so I'm, I'm trying to do that. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to do that. But sometimes I think my daughter is such a jerk. You know, that is she really this cruel? Like how my daughter never gave me a moment of trouble from the time she was born until she, you know, moved out to go to college. She never gave me any trouble. She was sweet and kind and, and never talked back and was not rude. She was you know, has a great reputation among people. She, you know, never lied to me. She was never trouble. And I'm like, who is this girl now? Who is she? I feel like I don't even know her now. I feel like she's somebody that I don't know. But tomorrow I will go to my therapist and we'll talk about it. And I know he's just going to tell me to back off and leave her alone. And that's like the hardest thing you could possibly ask a mother to do. Because I do think that my daughter is hurting and I think she's suffering and she's going through something that I can't understand. And it's just my natural inclination to want to help and talk to her and, and be there for her. But she is, she is pushing me away as hard as a person can. I don't think she understands the damage and pain that she is causing. She must not. And
and she's prohibited me from coming to the family banquet at her church um, on April 15. And um, I told Mike to tell her, I said, that's fine, but I want her to tell me to my face. I want her to tell me to my face. I think it's important that she sees firsthand the pain that she is inflicting and the damage that she is doing. Mike said, I don't know how you're going to make that happen. She's not going to do that. And I said, well, I think it's important. I think it's important for her. You know, my feelings aside, I think it's important for her to see, to tell me to my face, Mom, I don't want you there. And to see me cry. That's, that's real. That's real. And to try to help me understand why she doesn't want me there. Um, I want her to see that. I want her to understand that our words and our actions have consequences. I don't know if that will help, but um, that's all I can do.